Thanks for joining us online today. We are really glad you're here. Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can help you in any way through prayer or support, we want to encourage you to use the links that are in the description. Thanks for joining us, and we pray this message both encourages and inspires you. All right, if you just remain standing for a few minutes, we're going to read some scripture together. Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be, so if you want to get a head start, go to Luke chapter 5. If you don't have a copy of the scriptures, we have um, free Bibles out in the lobby along with the Lord's Prayer Guide that'll help you begin your journey in the scriptures. A couple apps to download also that are helpful for you, version and Bible Hub. Those are um, great apps that I, I use regularly as well. So we're in a new series called Prayer Under Pressure. Prayer Under Pressure. Prayer is the answer for the pressure I'm under. One of our core practices is persistent prayer. And persistent prayer of, of praying continually, always praying. But we, how do we do it when we're under pressure? I'm excited because our daily devotion that we are going to be doing, one of our core practices is daily devotions. We're doing a 21-day prayer dive. We're going to be looking into how to learn how to pray. And so I encourage you, that's on version. You can download that. It's, it'll be on social media. Um, it's on our email updates. If you don't get those, sign up for those. But uh, for 21 days, we're going to be learning how to pray together with an incredible resource that's been given to us. And then in your uh, seat backs is a prayer card, and you might look for that real quick. It looks like this. So I encourage everybody to grab that prayer card. It's in the seat back in, uh, maybe in the seats in front of you, but in the chair back in front of you. Grab this prayer card if you would, because we're gonna be using this during the series. What I wanna encourage you to do today, it says on here, my top three pressure points. What are the top three pressure points you have right now? What are the three things that you're praying for right now that you need God to do something? There is so much pressure on you right now. I don't know. If God doesn't do something, I got to have a miracle. I, I need this to happen. I want to encourage you at some point in the service today to write those three things down. And then I want, I want to encourage you to commit over the next 30 days during the month of November. What if you prayed every day over those three things and asked God for a breakthrough? And we're going to teach you how to pray over the next four weeks. How do I pray when I'm under pressure? I'm, I encourage you to do this in your groups as well. Take these cards to your groups. And when you're in prayer with your groups, this is gonna be the best time for you to do this, to have them start praying with you. Could you imagine if you're not praying alone, but you have a group of people surrounding you every day. And I mean, I just think about like, guys, when you get into a group, I don't get into the ladies group. I don't know what y'all do. I don't know what happens in there. I don't know what you guys just talk a lot. But the guys, when we come together, ain't a whole lot said. We don't say much of anything. But imagine, guys, if you just started saying, hey, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. And you write all those prayer requests down. And for the whole month of November, everybody's just praying for everybody. That's the power of our groups. That's why you got to get out of just the Sunday experience and you got to get into Sunday, in, into our weekly groups. That is where life transformation happens when you are surrounded and locking arms with God's people. And if you're not in a group, grab a next step card. We'll help you get into a group. Okay, Luke chapter five. If you're new to the scriptures, Luke was not one of the disciples, but he was a follower of Jesus, and he was alive during the time of Jesus. So he saw the miracles, he saw some of the teachings, he had eyewitness accounts, talked to the disciples, and they wrote them all down here in this account uh, of Jesus' life. And in chapter 5, we're going to be in verse 15 
But what we see here is that um, Jesus is recruiting the disciples, he's preaching, he heals somebody of leprosy, and then we read this in verse 15. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Today, I want to talk to you about withdrawing to the wilderness. What does it look like to withdraw to the wilderness for prayer? Let's pray together again. Father, thank you for your miracle working power in this room today. Speak now through your scriptures. Help us to understand. Give us clarity. Bring freedom today, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said... All right, you can be seated. Anybody feeling the pressures of life? <laughs> Anybody feel a little bit overwhelmed? Maybe just like completely exhausted by it all? I would say a show of hands, but you're probably too tired to raise your hands. If you're a parent, I mean, good, God bless you. I mean, you got... You got kids and all that comes with that. They they got school, they got homework, they got practice. Even if you don't have kids, you got demands on you, you got appointments, you got work, you got pressures. Man, and and God forbid we get sick at any point during the season when the temperature's going from 9 to 90 every day. I mean, there's just all kinds of pressures. Things are, and then on top of that, things are just stacking up everywhere. Do you ever feel that thing? Like everything's just stacking up and you can't get to it quick enough? And there's like, you just look at your phone. Just your phone alone, you look at those little red dots staring at you on every app, telling you how many times you've not opened it, and it's crying out, open me, open me. I have wonderful things for you. (laughs) I mean, you just feel that. And then if it's not that, it's email. Anybody ever try to get zero in your email box? That's my goal, get to zero. But you get to zero, and mine has this little like hot air balloon to tell me a little celebration it gives me. But as soon as it goes up, pop, then comes another one in there. And I, I'm telling you, like at, um, at Core Leadership earlier this year, I thought I'd have some fun and find out who had the most emails on their phone. And I found out that Mary Snelling had the most emails on her phone. Think about how many, I want you to think for a moment, how many emails do you have on your phone right now, okay? Lock in that number. Mary Snelling, this was back in May, 67,123, she showed me. Mary Snelling, right here, Mary. Have you opened any of them? Some of them, all right, okay, where are you at now? We want to know. We're just curious. I got plenty of time, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're over 72,626. Whatever, 4626. Who cares? (laughs) At this point, oh my. If you want to get a hold of Mary Snelling, do not email her. And then you got that to-do list. Anybody, anybody make a to-do list? You got your to-do, oh, that is, that is the death of, you know, like you, you go to check something off and then three other things jump on it before you can check one off. When we moved into, uh, moved a couple years ago, 
I started a to-do list for things that just need just needed to be done around the house, just around the house. And, and this is my list, and this is still growing to this day. This is like on the inside, I've got to move the toilet paper mount upstairs because it's, 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 it's like a weave. You've got to reach behind you and a grab. You've know, got to move it to a place. You've got a toilet paper mount. I've got to seal the hutch. I, gotta, I still have to hang the pictures in the bedroom. Two and a half years later, we, that's, we don't have any time for anything. I got to change the kitchen sockets because they're not up to code. God forbid the blender falls into the sink. Somebody's going to die. I got to repair the wall by the backsplash, finish the home recording studio, paint and seal the plant stand in the dining room, wall mount the Dyson, wall mount the ironing boards, bathtub needs touch up. Got to change the ceiling fans upstairs in the living room. Got to switch those out because they're not the right ones. One's too big, one's too small. And then I got to order a ceiling fan remote because you can only use it on one side of the room and we lose it half the time so you can't even get it going. <laughs> got to shorten the blind cord so the cats don't hang themselves. Flip the white suits in the garage in the third bedroom. That's just inside the house, people. I haven't even got to the outside yet. Outside, I've got to finish painting the shed, don't we all? Got a lack of, I got a, oh, I got a latch for the mower shed door that I got to install. The front door screen, took it off. Got to put a new one on. I got to adjust the sprinklers, replace the patio ceiling fan. Got to take down the direct TV that somebody had installed before we even moved in two and a half years ago. Doesn't work, never used it, still hanging there. Oh, yeah, and then I got that dumb armadillo. So I put up a little small fence. It's just, and I love it. I wrote on there, you see, I, I, small fence. It's just a small fence. Easy project. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> just breathe with me. Life has a way of pressuring all of us, does it not? And, and, and if you're not careful, it, it will crush you. Psychology Today did a survey and they asked people the kind of pressure they were under. 44% of people under the age of 44. So almost half of people under the age of 44 said they were so stressed they can't function. Almost half of people, 44 and under, under so much stress they, they can't function. The rest, by the way, the rest in that survey just said they're completely overwhelmed. So you're either so stressed that you can't function or you're completely overwhelmed. Those are the two camps, probably most of us, regardless of our age, that you're finding yourself in today. So what can we do about it? What should we do about it? I can tell you what the world does about it. They say, oh, you know what you need to do? Work more. Eat more. Binge watch more. Do more. Go more. Spend more. On and on and on. And that is just a vicious cycle that leads you down into more pressure, more exhaustions, and more feelings of being overwhelmed. Good news is, you're not alone. Most people don't realize that Jesus was under a tremendous amount of pressure on this earth. Most people think Jesus just kind of had it easy, easy going. He did not. He was under significant pressure. And think about this. Jesus was single. Like he didn't have kids. He didn't have a spouse to worry about. He didn't have a copay. He had none of that. But he was overwhelmed. Look at verse 15. It says the report of Jesus' power spread even faster. And what? Say it with me. What? Vast crowds. Okay, stop there for just a moment. When it says vast crowds, think this, this, this means large. Thousands. Many times, the reports of over 15,000. 
8,000 people gathering, wanting to be healed, wanting to hear him speak, wanting time with him. They came to hear him preach and they came to be healed by his diseases. Jesus felt the pressure of the crowds. Now, that doesn't make sense to us at times because he was God. But what you also have to remember is he was fully God, but he was also fully human. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week. And he had incredible demands on his time. People wanted his attention. They wanted him to heal them. He wa- they wanted him to feed them, to uh, rebuke, to, to cast out demons, to, to raise the dead, on and on and on. And I love verse 16. So Jesus is facing all of this pressure and demands, and most of it really good, and it says, but. Somebody say, but. But, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for what? Prayer. Prayer. Write this down. If you're new, there are some, prayer car, there are some uh, sermon notes in your uh, chair back in front of you that you can use. Prayer is the answer for the pressure I'm under. Prayer is the answer for the pressure I'm under. Whenever Jesus felt pressure in his life, Scripture tells us that he would withdraw. He would move away. But when he was going to... Um, appoint and and choose his 12 disciples, it tells us that he prayed all night long. He went the, just before he went to the cross, it's, it, and we're gonna talk about this next week, he goes to the garden and he, and he prays that evening over what is about to happen to him. Have, are you praying that way? Are you doing what Jesus did? When, when you're overwhelmed, when when you have a big decision, when, when, a, when a crisis hits you, when, when you're at a crossroads and you don't know what to do, are you praying? Because prayer is the answer for the pressure that you are under. Are you withdrawing to the wilderness for prayer? Encourage somebody next to you and say, you need that. You, you need that. You, you need that in your life. Luke tells us that the report of his power, it, it spread. But what I love is that Jesus knew where his power came from. The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 5, verse 7, that while Jesus was here on earth, he offered what? Prayers and pleadings. Jesus prayed. With a loud cry and many times tears, say this with me, to the one who could rescue him. Are you praying to the one who can rescue you? Or are you looking other places? Are you panicked? Are you overwhelmed? Are you crushed? Are you feeling the pressure? Where are you looking? Are you praying to the one who can rescue you? That's what Jesus did. And it says this, this is such good news. God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. So what we see here is that the power that Jesus displayed in public places came from private places of prayer. It's like when you see somebody that has lost weight and they're in really good shape. Example A. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate that. 
Wasn't my wife, that's disappointing, but um, that's what I was kind of hoping for there. But when you see somebody who's lost, lost weight or they've gotten in shape, I mean, we all do. We're just like, wow, man, you look, you look great. Um, so what, what have you been doing? No one in the history of mankind has ever said, you know, I've been watching a lot of Netflix. You know, Loki, you know? I just, I mean, man, I've just been watching everything. I just love it. No, no one ever says that. They're, they're working out in private and it's being displayed and it's being shown in public places. Many people are showing it on social media. Thank you, CrossFit people. We love your posts, you know, <laughs> telling us everything you're doing, you know. Hit my numbers. Congrats for you. Good on you. But it's what you do in private that gets displayed in public. For Jesus, he was in private in prayer and it was displayed as power publicly. Write this down, that the power I walk in comes from walking in the secret place of prayer. The power I wanna walk in comes from walking in the secret places of prayer. Luke tells us that, that Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So in other words, there was this regular rhythm of prayer in Jesus' life. Do you have a regular rhythm of prayer every day throughout your day? Or is it like, oh, wait, maybe I should pray about that. You need to have a regular rhythm of prayer. Turn to somebody and tell them you need that regular rhythm of prayer. You need a regular rhythm of prayer. What happens to most of us, man, we ramp up our, our prayer life in a time of crisis, don't we? That's when we're praying. Man, when it hits the fan, that is when I hit my knees. And, and can I tell you, you better do that. When a crisis hits, you, you better intensify your prayer. You're gonna need to do that. In fact, next week, we're going to be talking about Jesus and the cup of suffering and how he intensified his prayer. We're going to talk about that. But, but waiting for the crisis is like waiting until your phone gets to 10% and then looking for a charger. Anybody? Like, you ever have your phone get down to 10%? You're like, ah! Like, you just, you just go into, you're, you're just inconsolable. You lose your mind. You, you toss children out of the way. You're throwing babies over your shoulder, hoping somebody will catch them because I need a charger. You're looking through drawers anywhere. You're pulling up to stoplights saying, hold on, you wait now. You got a charger? I need a charger. But that's not the time. You, you need. Same thing is true with prayer. A, a regular rhythm Prayer stores up power so you don't get down to 10%. So many of us right now are depleted. You're running at 10%. Here's the clue. When you feel overwhelmed, when you feel exhausted, when you're frustrated, when anything can set you off, when you're irritable, when you're confused. That's a clue that God is trying to send to you that you don't have that regular rhythm of prayer. 
But when you start to have those feelings, man, you just, you got to go to prayer because prayer is the answer for the pressure that we are under. So in the Old Testament, we see a story of the prophet Elijah. Some of you are familiar with the prophet Elijah. He's the guy who called down fire on Mount Carmel and and destroyed the prophets of Baal and did incredible miracles, many, many miracles uh, throughout the Old Testament. One of the one of the most amazing prophets in all of Scripture. If you've never read his story, you, you got you got to read his story. But but <laughs> he was just a guy, and although he was empowered by the Holy Spirit like we are, he too got tired. I mean, he had a lot of demands on his time and 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 things that were wanted from him. And then he had some people that didn't like him very much. And so when the pressure got on him, when he began to struggle, I, I love in the scriptures in 1 Kings, it tells us that he, go, he went into the wilderness. That's what the prophets always did. They would withdraw to the wilderness. So he withdraws to the wilderness and, and the scriptures tell us that he was so exhausted, he just literally fell asleep from exhaustion. And then this angel, God, in his mercy and his grace, sends an angel, this is our God. In the moment when you need him, God shows incredible grace and mercy. Are you tired? Are are you just so wore down you can't even think straight? We have a merciful God. Says, I'm here. I want to give you some strength. Look at the story with me. 1 Kings 19.5, the angel says to Elijah, get up and eat. And Elijah looked around and there beside his head was some bread on hot stones and a jar of water. Scripture doesn't tell us the name of this angel, but I think it was Aunt Mary. Because I have been there, people. Completely exhausted, falling asleep, and then <laughs> smelling fresh-baked rolls. The mercy and grace of God. <laughs> Write this down. The wilderness of prayer is a place to depend on God. The wilderness of prayer is a place to depend on God. Jesus said this, and John recorded it in John 6, 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. Where are you going when you're under pressure? So often we feel pressure at, the, at our job, and so we think, well, I'll just go get the the next job. We, we get under financial distress and pressure and we think, okay, I'll just get a credit card. We have relational pressure on us and we think, well, I'll just go get another relationship and on and on and on. It, but it's in prayer, it's in prayer that we, we discover where the veil is, is pulled back and we begin to discover how inadequate those things are. All of those things that you're running to for, as the answer for your, exa- I'm just, I'm just so, t- how many of us have ever been there where you're so exhausted, you're just like, I'm just going to pull my phone out and you just scroll. Or you just click. 
because you're tired. I just need to not think about this anymore. And we're not thinking about, what if I hit my knees? What if I just stopped and talked to God about this? My challenge to you in these next 30 days is every time you go to grab for your phone, put it down. And take that time to pray. Ooh, now he is preaching up in here. That's my challenge to you. In verse eight, we see that uh, a trip that should have taken Elijah only 10 days took him 40 days. He got up and he went to Mount Sinai, but it was literally only 10 days. The walk was 10 days, but it took him 40. Write this down. The wilderness of prayer is a place to wait on God. The wilderness of prayer is a place to wait on God. Oof, none of us want to do that, do we? Laura uh, loves to collect stuff. And uh, like we go to the ocean and um, she's all into the seashells. This, if you ever go to the ocean with Laura, this is all you're going to see the whole trip. This along the beach. <laughs> this, every picture is like this. Anybody? Anybody like collecting seashells? Anybody? If you, okay, some of you like doing that when you go. So that's Laura's thing, man. And I mean, she's loading up pockets, and, and I mean, we're coming back with a truckload of, of seashells. And like we go to Colorado, and they have pine cones, and they you know, have the outdoors and rocks and different things like that. And so when we come back from Colorado, we come back with, with Colorado. We just... <laughs> it's, uh, and, and so lately, um, it's been acorns. Um, I, has anybody noticed that we have more acorns this year than normal? It just feels weird. They're like everywhere. It's like a hailstorm of acorns. It's like the 11th plague. I don't know what it is, but there are acorns everywhere. And, and Laura has discovered acorns. She is, she's now got an acorn ministry, people. So have you been in the women's bathroom? I understand there's acorns in there. I'm not making this up. Uh, you go in there, those acorns, thank, you can thank Laura for that. I think she's prayed over every acorn. I don't know. Take an acorn and there's a blessing on it. I don't know what it is. I'm making that up, by the way. Don't think that's true. Some of you are like, I'm going to the bathroom right now. I've just got, I need a blessing from the pastor's wife. That's amazing. I got to get me an acorn. <laughs> that acorn. Those acorns in that women's bathroom, it's going to be empty after the service. I'm just going to... If men are going to be going in there, hey, I need an acorn. Some acorns at. But she just goes nuts for these acorns. She's, she's like that squirrel in Ice Age. She's like, mine. <laughs> I had a point here somewhere. Hang on here. Oh, yeah. Uh, but what's interesting, I, and I actually uh, found one even in my pocket. I had one somehow got in my pocket. What's crazy about an acorn is uh, they're small. Like acorns are so tiny. And it's crazy to think about an acorn because if you, if you take an acorn, an acorn, one, plant it in the ground, you'll get an oak tree out of this. That's nuts. Man, if we had a second service, I'd be writing that one down right there. <laughs> Don't say that. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy, though. This little thing can bring an, an oak tree 
if you want to wait two decades. And this is where prayer in the wilderness is. You're praying for oak trees and all you've got is an acorn. All you've got is an acorn. Uh, Laura was, I was giving her a hard time about these acorns and I'm like, you know, I'm sure you're gonna make something spiritual out of it. I mean, you're gonna use it in some way for some ministry thing. And little did I know, she found a scripture. Can you believe she found a scripture on acorns? She did, I'm not, I'm not she's literally like, I found a scripture and I'm standing on this promise right here. It's out of the message translation. This is no joke. This is what it says. Matthew 13 says this. God's kingdom is like an acorn, like a farmer planting seeds. It is quite small as seeds go, but in the course of years, grows into a huge oak tree, and eagles build their nests in it. Are you, are you willing to plant acorns? That's what prayer is. Prayer is planting acorns and trusting God for oak trees. No matter how long it takes, I will wait on the Lord. Turn to somebody, encourage them, tell them this. You can wait on the Lord. You can wait on the Lord. Going back to the story from 1 Kings, it says this in verse uh, 9. Elijah, he comes to this cave at Mount Sinai. And it was in, it was in the quietness of the cave that, that God spoke to him. I'd like for you to write this down. The wilderness of prayer is a place to be silent before God. The wilderness of prayer is a place to be silent before God. Not just a place we, we learn to be silent, but, but a place that we pull back to, a place of silence. Do you pull back from the noise? Do you unplug from your phone enough to say, I'm going to get still before God? Are you, are you okay with silence? We're not okay with silence anymore. We are, this is the noisiest generation. Man, our children, they have no idea what it's like to exist without noise. Most of us in this to, honestly, most of us in this room have no idea what it's like to not exist without noise. There's noise everywhere. It's everywhere you go. I was, I was eating somewhere the other day, and they had a TV on with sports on it. And I was like, why do they have a TV in this place? It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, why is there a TV in this place? Why do I need it? I'm supposed to be having conversation with people. The dumbest thing they've ever put into restaurants is TVs. That's just dumb. Because you go to a restaurant not just to eat, but to have conversation. But I'm not, whenever Laura and I go out on a date, if I sit down and there is a TV right there, I'm going, baby, you're going to have to switch places with me because they have got sports on and I am not going to hear a thing you're going to say. That's just the truth. And I say, we got to switch places or we'll sit in another place in the restaurant so I can't see the TVs. Because I'm like, I'm not going to focus on you. And that's what's happening. There's so much noise. There's so much noise. There's so much noise. You can't hear from God. And God will not shout over the noise in your life. You have to withdraw to wilderness places. What's crazy is binge-watching your favorite show is just normal. 
But spending an hour in silence and prayer with God completely unplugged is weird. Watching football all afternoon, normal. Just normal. We did it yesterday. A lot of us will do it again today. Just, just normal. Shutting off the TV, getting silent before God, and spending an entire afternoon in nothing but prayer? Weird. All night gaming? Normal. Hear it all the time, man. All night, spending all night, four or five in the morning, still gaming, still going at it. Normal. All night prayer, like Jesus did? Weird. My challenge to you, be weird. Don't be normal. If you want to hear from God, be weird. Don't be normal. Turn to somebody and tell them, come on, say, listen, be weird. Be weird. Some of y'all turned and you said, no, no, not you are weird. Say, be weird. <laughs> what would happen in your life if you traded normal for weird. Prayer is the answer for the pressure I'm under. I want everybody to grab that prayer card that I told you about earlier, my top three pressure points. And I want you to write those down right now. I'm gonna give you a moment. We're gonna we're gonna withdraw to the wilderness. Here's what I know. This is just what I know. If I send these cards home with you and I say, hey, fill this out later, I know what's gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. Because the world is waiting on you outside these doors. Oh, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it later. I'm gonna do it after the game. I'm gonna do it after I get that done. I'm gonna do it after work. I'm gonna do it, at, I'm gonna do it when the kids are at practice. I'm gonna, that, I'm gonna do it and then you'll be back next Sunday and we'll be talking about the card and you'll be like, oh man, I didn't fill that card out. So, so we're gonna take a moment right now and we're gonna withdraw to the wilderness together. I want you to write down, what are, the, what are the top three pressure points that you're facing right now? For most of you, I, I don't even have to help you with this. You, you're already there. Is it a relationship? Is it your mental health? Is it an addiction? Maybe it's financial pressure. Just can't do it. My encouragement to you is to take this card and say, I'm going to pray over this every, every day for 30 days. What I'm going to encourage you to do is not just only use it in your morning time or your afternoon or evening time when you, whenever you spend time with Jesus. I want to encourage you to just maybe put it in your car, put it in your billfold, and throughout the day, just pull that out and go, oh yeah. You don't have to spend it. Just, just say, okay, God, here's the three. 
And I'm, I'm looking to you. I'm not going to look to anywhere else. But I'm, what if over the next 30 days we said as a church, man, I'm, I'm going to look to God. I'm going to look to God. He is the answer for the, for the pressure that I'm under. He's the answer for these things that I have written on the card. He is a God who is faithful. He hears my prayers and he will answer my prayers. I want to encourage you, too, to take this card to your group, whether that's today or this week. And when you get in your prayer circles, share the card. Might have to take some extra cards for those who weren't here today. Explain to them what we're doing. And everybody write those down and then begin to pray for one another and then say, hey, what what was yours? Maybe take a picture of everybody's card and say, okay, the the three or four of you, I'm gonna, all you guys right here, I'm gonna gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for you every day this week and I'm gonna pray for you and this person over here, I'm I'm gonna pray for all of you. And can you imagine that? You knew there were three or four guys or three or four ladies that were surrounding you and praying over that for you every day this month. I'm telling you, God wants to do miracles. We're gonna hear some miracle reports of what God is gonna do in your life and what he's gonna do in, in these needs that you have. So would you bow your heads? And we're gonna take a moment to be silent before God. We're gonna be weird, not normal. And I just want you just to take these three things, however you wanna talk to God about them. Maybe, Maybe for you, it's just sitting with God. Maybe you just need to sit with him and say, God, I don't even have words. I don't know what to say. I just, this is it. And, I, and just like God's, maybe, maybe, God, maybe God just needs to sit with you. But I'm gonna give you a moment to be silent before God. Nothing but you and him. Let's go to the Father. Father, we just consecrate ourselves to you. We look to you. As your people, we're here just humble, humbly approaching your throne. Just, we don't have answers. Even just looking at this card, it's just so overwhelming. It's exhausting to even look at the card. Would you renew our faith? Renew our strength as we wait on you. Speak into the silence. When we are silent before you, would you speak into the silence? We hope this message today has encouraged and inspired you. If you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can support you or encourage you or help you in any way, please use any of the links that are in the description. Thanks again for joining us online. We pray you have a great week.